You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 214th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in lovely Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt. I got a tiki bar in my backyard, Alan in Minneapolis. <laughs> uh, this is Spencer in Boston, where my backyard is completely average and normal. I don't have anything else to say about my backyard. I've got I've got a lime tree in my backyard. Yeah. I think maybe I've talked about that. Hurricane Irma did its best to to ruin the Hayes family heirloom limes and they still exist. So if anybody ever comes down and you, and you, you see me on the sidewalk and you're like, Hey, super rookie, maybe I'll give you some lines for your next mojito. That's pretty good. All right. Sounds nice. I'm lying. I don't actually have a tiki bar in my backyard, but I did hear somebody say that on the sidewalk in downtown Minneapolis today as I was biking by super slow looking for a place to park. And I thought, I wish I had been in more of that conversation. We have a lot to talk about, about my time up in Minneapolis, little guy. Um, but I'm thinking if I start seeing clients around the Orlando area, yeah. maybe I leave a, maybe I leave a lime on the saddle. Mm-hmm. Like a as cli- my calling a card. Klein lime. Mm-hmm. A Klein yeah. lime. But then you, you're mentioning downtown Minneapolis. Um, now, other cities may experience this. We have listeners all over the world, so I don't know if um, everyone experienced this. But little guy, when I went downtown to the IDS Tower. Yep. The, uh, the beautiful IDS Tower, all 51 stories in downtown Minneapolis. I was completely blown away by the amount of electric scooters yeah. that were um, zooming all around the Twin Cities. I saw a friend of the podcast, Darren Homie, um, when I was there, and he actually took one of those scooters to come meet me for lunch. They max out at about 15 miles an hour. Okay. Um, so just like, uh, just th- like you. Yeah. Oh. Well, I was on the single speed uh, Santa Cruz <laughs> getting some spinning in before Schwam again. Mm-hmm. And guys, I have to admit, I was, I'm kind of a fan of these little scooters. And let me tell you why. Okay. It solves the last mile problem mm-hmm. and it gets people out of cars. And I really like that. And maybe, just maybe these people that are riding these scooters, sans helmets, which is also really cool. Um, it will show them the need for bike infrastructure and that type of alternative transportation needs and then kind of get the wheels turning for city planners to start building in for slower moving traffic, such as bikes and these scooters. So I'm all for it um, because I think we've, we focus too much on built infrastructure for cars and these scooters are what better way to show someone from the suburbs, how dangerous it is to ride your bike than to have them on a <laughs> two wheeled scooter going 50 miles an hour over the Hennepin Avenue bridge. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you I find them kind of annoying, but I, I agree. They, they do solve that last mile problem and they are better than more cars downtown. Um, the, I don't know if there's a problem with braking on them or people just don't know how to brake on them, but I've seen a lot of people in the last few days seeming <laughs> to not know how to stop them. And I haven't seen any accidents yet, but I've seen a lot of a lot of office workers like sort of looking like they're trying to brake and then kind of frantically being like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing and kind of jumping off. Do, do they like, oh, so they, they jump off. They, they don't like 
coast into the intersection like <laughs> five ten like that first snowfall yeah. right? like the first snowfall like people forget how to stop yeah their car. everybody just and then before they know them it, up. their nose is just like one lane in um spencer do you have these scooters in boston uh the lime scooter or anything like that do you know what i'm talking about yeah we about? just got the bird scooters here um okay very similar. we got those like two weeks ago yeah yeah i've uh, i haven't seen a whole lot of them around but i know they are here um uh, and we got all the lime bikes uh around so, town so Okay, I remember seeing the limes when when I was hanging out um, with you and your way better half um, a couple weeks ago. But I got it. She's she's like really the, the, she's really a two thirds, one third kind of situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The um, I was the scooter thing. I will admit this. I was on the um, the Kenilworth Trail in downtown Minneapolis. You know, getting some intervals sure. in because um, yeah. little That's guy was going to maybe meet me, and then little guy like all of a sudden had a courier run, which was completely doubtful. And I'm <laughs> riding underneath Target Field, and I get out to um, kind of where the Kenilworth splits off from the Cedar Lake Trail, and someone had parked their bird scooter like perpendicular in the trail, like blocking genius three quarters of the trail, genius like like a jackass. Yeah. And I, I totally took that scooter and threw it into the uh, the weeds. Did, wait. Like I like uh-huh. like I threw it over when I was riding by. I grabbed it. It was heavier than I thought it was. <laughs> and I almost fell off my bike doing this <laughs> and almost tripped on it, but I threw it kind of into the the median to get it off the way of the trail. Like sure. I'm not a fan of the jackasses that are driving the scooters, but I do think that good can come out of the scooters in the long run. Well, there'll be an adjustment period, sure. Um I don't know. I, I have a fear that we're going to get scooter infrastructure before we get bike infrastructure. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a, that's a, the, the, our new scooter overlords yeah. for sure. Um, and then I saw several people when I was in the IDS building talking about the scooters. They're like, they're not even wearing helmets. Yeah, I know. And that, that was really nice that the helmet Nazis exist outside of the bike world. So like, these are people like office workers that just drove their Cadillac Escalade uh, through downtown from the far suburbs and they were not wearing car helmets. Right. And then they came in and, um, that's, so, the Escalade is basically one big car helmet. You, okay. You know, but maybe they're in a Prius. I don't care what they're in. Yeah. They're not wearing a car helmet. That's true. And they should not have the right to just, Oh, well that's less of a person. Yeah, I agree. I mean, pedestrians should start wearing helmets too. I think everybody should okay. be, have a helmet on all the time. All right. Well, let's get into the big. Oh, little guy, is that a news deck? Oh, uh, yeah. Breaking news. Breaking news from Bike Health on Twitter just hits us up and says, "Hey guys, they are having a crit. This is actually all in cat letters. They are having a crit at CrossFit Games, guys. This morning, CrossFit Games director Dave Castro announced that there's going to be a crit at the CrossFit Games. Ten laps for time, twelve hundred meters per lap." Guys, mm-hmm. first CrossFit took over cyclocross. Now they're taking over criterium racing. How do you feel? I want to know, are they going to do it on mountain bikes? Because they did cyclocross on mountain bikes. Maybe they're going to do crits on cyclocross bikes. Maybe they're just nope, going to... they are on... The, the, so the picture that I can see on the CrossFit game Twitter account, it yeah. looks kind of like some um, hybrid flat bar bikes by Trek. Okay. okay. Like, like some maybe FX racers kind of flat yeah. bar so the, like kind of the, the type of bike that you would expect a crossfit man or woman to ride to crossfit right like f- like oh i'm mm-hmm. out there i'm like really getting my work in and it's a flat bar road bike yeah. kind of thing well, that sounds yeah, good yeah that sounds you ride to the gym to lift some weights sure 
I think it would be cooler if they th- they were on uh, they were on tri bars and it was tri bar crit. Personally, I think that would really that would appeal to the crowd because it's more arrow, it's faster. And then uh, I don't have you seen a CrossFit person? I don't think um, judging by their their build that aerodynamics really comes into like like they're not very aerodynamic well, I feel like they, they're they, way bigger than yeah me. they'd be a little bit top heavy on the aero bars it might be a little wobbly um mm-hmm. that's what know, I'm going that for could be a safety situation um yeah I'm 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 into this I like this it's it's I feel like it's gonna be less of a crit and more of a mass start time trial on flat bar road bikes which is just yeah, gonna the- be incredible 10 laps is like you know, that's uh, gonna work out to basically a, a good length scratch race on the track, mm-hmm. like yeah, ten k. Uh, and th- like, if it's group racing, are they gonna work together? You know, like I, like I don't know, right? Like like, well, if there's a really smart person in the crowd, they're gonna hey, let's work together, you know, and then mm-hmm. and then someone maybe attacks them for time. I I kind of like this idea. I may be tuning in, and the cross, the cyclocross race, I enjoyed that, right? So I don't know. More people are going to watch bike racing in this moment than watch the Tour de France end on Sunday. That's terrible. <laughs> That's so terrible. It may be terrible, but you know it's the truth. This is the for, state of the world. Like in the Scooters US. are replacing uh, bikes uh, for a thing you can rent and get around town, and people are watching CrossFit racing as opposed to Kristoff winning on the uh, the champs. So did you guys, uh, now, now swerving into... Tour de France. I did not watch the last two stages mm. because I was in the process of driving back from Minneapolis. Yeah, um, I was lucky to miss a time trial, so I don't even know what happened in the time trial. But I did hear that Christophe won um, over Demer in um, in Paris. How do you guys feel about that? And is that like a big tragedy that Demer couldn't win on the streets of Paris? Nah, it's fine. I don't care. I mean, that last stage is whatever. I kind of wanted Laporte to win. I was hoping for the real underdog because I want Laporte to become the uh, official number one sprinter at Confidus. <laughs> Actually, was it, you know, I could be completely wrong. It's John Dagenkold that got second. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't watch the last stage either because it's the last stage and I don't know. If I've got anything else to do after 20 stages of tour, I, I'm usually not that motivated for the last stage, you know? Well, let's get into the podium. We have Garrett Thomas taking the win. Um, I'm going to relieve everybody of the uh, reading the world according to G. Yeah, this um, edition. book, Because the second edition is going to be way better. Second place, Tom Dumoulin, 151 back. Chris Froome in third, 224 back. And then the wide-angle podium sandwich of R- Primos Roglic and Stephen Kreiswick at 322 and 608 back. Um, disappointing overall for Movistar with a seventh place finish for Landa, a tenth place finish for um, Quintana, and then a fourteenth place finish for Valverde. Who, to be quite honest, was he even in the race this year? Like, I mean, I know he was kind of getting in the breaks, yeah, and doing some. Like, he was doing the work, stuff, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't the Valverde. I think. Of... I think the bigger problem was was Quintana in the race. Yes. Was Landa in the race? Because Landa showed up on the last stage, though. Yeah, he did. Because because he was super far down, and they were like, we don't care. And Landa went went for it on the last mountain stage. But other than that, those dudes... I'm okay with Quintana winning a stage, though. Like, And they won... I mean, 
Movistar did win the team. Oh my gosh! Quite oh, things are they had the things are hearts. really bad when the team prize gets trotted out as a victory when you had three GC leaders, none of which could even come close to the podium. Wow. Stuff, stuff. Do you think there's a, a lot of chewing out going on over at the Movistar headquarters? I think so. Well, now there is. I want to swerve this again a little bit. Now, have you guys heard the rumors about Landa that he is oh. trying to sign with Astana again because he's not happy with Fuck. the with the tri leadership? Uh, what? You know? <laughs> what did he, what he think? Expect? I I am like I am losing patience with Landa. Like a couple years ago when he was on Astana and and it felt like he has had to work for a rue too much i was in his camp i was like come on free landa let landa off the leash then he went to sky and i was like i don't understand this guy he's yeah. kind of ticking me off and he went to movistar and like but what and he had his chances this year and he still only pulled 7th like i i think it's over landa i don't think you get to try it at gc anymore i'm sorry it's done so I mean, so you're victim blaming what here. I think Lando was asking for this situation. Yeah, he's more like he's a fetishist here. Like he wants to be second fiddle, but he mm-hmm. so that he can complain about being second fiddle. I think that that there's some sort mm-hmm. of psychological damage that happened to this man at some point that is causing <laughs> him to do this to himself, self-inflicted torture. <sighs> Um, He's going to go back to Astana and, and they're going to send him and Aru to the tour. <laughs> speaking of That's uh, going to be tough. Speaking of of Astana, Tanel Kengert, the 16th Estonian hero, got 16th place overall in the GC. And let's give a good uh good solid mention to American hopeful and the the true hero of the tour from the amount of coverage that he provided his team education first Dre pack presented by Cannondale. Lawson Kratik in uh, the Lantern Rouge position, the 145th finisher in four hours, 34 seconds, 40, 34 minutes down. Lawson, congratulations. Yeah. That was one hell of a story to finish the tour with a broken shoulder. I'm in awe and uh, good job raising some money for the uh, the velodrome there in uh, Houston. So <coughs> I think that was pretty cool. That was really cool. It was a lot of money. It was like 200K, wasn't it? Um, Tom's uh, Friends of the Pond. Podcast Tom Skunes got 82nd place. Um, he actually dropped a spot in the uh, final stage of the uh, of the tour uh, to Paul Martins. So he could have been 81st, but he got 82nd instead. But um, it's probably not that concerned. Yeah. Overall, I think a successful uh, tour for him. And I, anybody that hasn't checked his Twitter feed, he made sure to confirm Abby Mickey's story that he does ride around with a um, speaker on the front of his handlebars about 120% of the time. Hmm. Who doesn't, man? Are are you guys? Uh, what do you find more impressive that Dumoulin got two second places so far this year, or that Froome won one and got third? So I feel like everyone's making man. a big deal out of Froome getting third, but like if you put it in the context of anyone other than Froome, that he won the Giro and then he podiumed at the Tour, it's hugely impressive. And the fact that Dumoulin is just so steady, well, I can't decide what's the more I gotta impressive say- feat. I got to say Dumoulin in second at both of them is the bigger, uh, more impressive feat both now. Cause it's, uh, it just shows the great consistency, but also in the semi near future, when team sky gets eradicated from the history books, um, oh, he no will way. be the first double winner in a long time. 
Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think G's going down. I got to have- I'm not a big G fan, but like he was by far the strongest rider in this oh, race. Sure. Like in the mountains he was hey, totally the strongest. He won it did pretty Did you guys see the 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 gif or the gif if you will of the um of the mic drop that G did on the podium there no. after he gave his little speech? Yeah, sure did. Kind of dropped the mic. Nice. No, that's cool. I'm okay with him winning. I'm okay. I guess like, you know, if push comes to shove, it's not Froome, but it is still the Yankees winning. You know, so it's like Yeah. You know, it wasn't uh, Gary Sheffield hitting the the game winning home run, but it was um, Don Mattingly. You know, Martinez. <laughs> yeah, good digging, digging and reaching. You're it's good job, Paul O'Neill. We'll say Paul O'Neill. Okay, but I I was okay with it. I mean, it is what it is. I gotta admit though, this tour to me was pretty boring. What a how, would one to ten scale, little guy. How would you rate the uh, tour this year? Uh, the greatest of all time. It was like a six and a half. I gotta say, Yellow Lotto helped. It would have been like a five, but Yellow Lotto themselves did a point and a half with with Roglic almost getting that podium there. Man, that last day in the mountains was really good. You got to admit, I, I'm, I'm Tim, you maybe say, didn't see that, but. I'm going to give this one, and I'm going to break from you guys a little bit, and I'm going to give this one a solid eight and a half. Eight and a half? Wow. It was an excellent tour. I I came into it with very low expectations. I was not quite one of those people that said they weren't going to watch the tour because Froome was in, but I was like disappointed by that decision and not as excited as I normally am about the tour. And... You know, once again, it was drama from day one. It was excitement. They had the Paris-Roubaix stage, which was incredible. They did the weird short stage with the Formula One grid at the beginning, which amounted to absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> it was but awesome, then, though. Like, like that was the best but part. But then it the stage great. itself was was rad. It was super cool. Uh, and then the last couple mountain stages, like you said, Landa attacking on the last mountain stage was that was pretty, it was pretty good. It, it held my interest through the uh, weeks two yeah. and three. And um, I got to say, it was, I, I was waiting for Froome to just stamp his authority on it. And it never happened. And yeah. I was waiting for Garrett Thomas to crack. And that also never happened. That was a good it drama, was, I'll admit. It was, was full good. of surprises. I was thoroughly was- surprised couple of things i would say probably six and a half for me i'd probably go with little guy a little bit here but i think that i can understand where you're coming spencer where you feel it was a little bit better i will say that it is pretty cool to see someone that has been kind of in the shadows get their moment of glory right like sastra kind of had that for a little bit when he won his tour and then you know g now with his like undedicated unrivaled support for chris Froome. so it is nice that he gets his moment in the sun um i wonder if landa's sitting there going like that could have been me um <laughs> could have been but know, when, when, won't ever be Froome failed um but the, the the formula one start was really cool just because it made me want to watch the start to finish of that stage even though it really didn't mean anything you're absolutely yeah. right spencer and but it was I think it's just the formula of the tour that continues to get me a little bit wrong. Like it'd be really cool. Like when was like, like has the tour ever started in the Alps, like stage two mountains or something that just they've gone in the mountains early, early. I mean, they've, they've done like semi mountainous stages early on, but it's true. They often don't. And there was only three summit finishes on this tour. It was a little light, but like that didn't, I'm, 
but you know like and maybe nabali would have made it better with that descent to yeah. or, or the descending stage on stage 16 um and we did uh, uh the, i don't know St stage 16 we we did a contest stage 16 we decided not to do it because it wasn't <laughs> as cool as stage 17 which had the summit finish which was far cooler it was the short stage so little guy the the contest we ran yeah. for the 16th place it was basically a trip to Michigan, like a free race entry and hotel in central Michigan for cyclocross. Yeah, awesome. For the almost GP and you get beer. Beer. And you probably can stand on the pontoon. Oh, I'm sure they'll let you stand on the pontoon. Even if you don't win, I'm sure they'll let you stand on the pontoon. Yeah. We did that for <laughs> stage 16. You had to pick the 16th place. We had a few entries. I think Spencer, who was, they, they, they didn't pick 16th. They picked Bargill who got, a little farther down, 19th. right? Yeah. You got 19 on that. That was the closest, was the closest pick. Yep. That was uh, Jason Wilbur. So Wiggle 18 on Twitter uh, was our closest pick uh, to the 16th place. Good job, Jay. So give us a, give us an email, slowridepodcast at gmail.com, jwiggle18, and we'll uh, put you in contact with the Alma GP cyclocross race in central Michigan. And I got to admit, if I could get a free hotel room to go to uh, Alma, the Alma GP, I, I'd at least think about it for a little bit. <laughs> if if I wasn't busy and, you know, yeah. had other things going on. But my travel budget right now is totally tied up with Schwam. Well, so, that's true. You know, we were a little, little overcommitted to Schwam again this year. Maybe so, next year we'll, we'll fully commit to Alma. So the tour, um, just to give a quick... Uh, uh, recap of the other um jerseys points jersey obviously was won by peter sagan we did have a question on our uh, facebook slow ride podcast fan experience zone on if the green jersey competition is now just lame because sagan just dominates it so much no um i did they go back this year they were only doing one sprint per stage correct uh there were some intermediate sprints you mean just one intermediate sprint know, or like just one intermediate sprint? Uh, i think you're right i'm not sure about that but yeah like do they they need to go to the multi-sprint stages. I don't know. Like, it would be nice. I do like it when they change the rules when someone dominates something too much mm -hmm. to kind of make it more difficult for them. I so. mean, they can change the rules all they want. I think Sagan's going to win it every year. I mean, look look how many yeah. of the fast guys from the first week uh, made it to the end of the race. Two. Yeah. Exactly two. Two. <laughs> two. And, and, and yeah, Kristoff and, we and going for DeMar two. both won a stage, but what, Sagan won two? Stages or do you win three stages? Yeah. Two stages and so, and he was getting in the moves all the time to to mop up those sprint get those intermediate and that's yeah. that's what it takes. Like you can't just be a fast finisher anymore. You gotta be able well, to do the work every day. And a lot of those sprinters can't do that work. And then um sec uh youth the under twenty five jersey was uh won by Pierre Latour of AG two R over um Bernal of uh, Team Sky and then Guillermo Martin of Wanty. So, I, I kind of wanted Wanty to win. Yeah, that. but I... Like, if Wanty could so win a jersey... Latour was great. Like, he, he rode a great race, and he obviously worked for Bardet, but, like, he didn't have a lot of work mm -hmm. to do because Bardet was a shell of a man in this race. He, he still but killed himself up there a couple of he, times. And so Latour, I gotta say, he pulls the best Volkler impressions. Like, he, like, he is wrenching on that bike and just, like... You can, he's like pouring it out. Whereas uh, Bargale or whatever his name is, the the unbelievable Sky Domestique, the youngest man in the Bernal. race, Bernal, Bernal yeah. he looked amazing in the mountains. 
Like, yeah, yeah. He, he, so you'd say almost like more robotic. He, than, I would. Whereas, uh, but so like, yeah, Latour won the white Latour jersey, but like I mean, can we say that Bernal is, is definitely going to win a Grand Tour? I mean, holy crap, he he still finished pretty high up on GC, all things yeah. considered. You know, the South American contingent in both in the Giro and in the Tour has shown some great future, right? Carapaz for Movistar in the Giro. And then now you've got um, uh, uh, Bernal for um, Team Sky. The, yeah, uh, Bernal was 15th the other, place. Um, buy or sell Julian Alaphilippe being the new oh uh, dream of the, the... Remember the old joke? The, the French housewives <clears throat> loving uh, Veronque? Yeah. And then now you've got Alaphilippe with that kind of uh, goatee. What do you guys think? Oh. Is he the new uh, heartthrob of French cycling? Yeah, bye. Yeah, I'd buy that all day. <laughs> that guy, that that guy was a machine. He's so good. He looked good. I'd buy that he all was, day. Do you, be a bargain yeah. at twice the price. I I was so happy that he beat uh, Bargill, who was obviously yeah. going for it and didn't have it. Um, and every time there was a descent and you're watching Alaphilippe just work over everybody on the descent, I, I usually, I, like sometimes I watch bike racing and I want to go out and ride my bike. Every time I'd watch him do a descent, I so wanted to go to the mountains and just rip down a mountain. Like it made me so excited to go ride my bike. He's so freaking good. So it was, it was cool to see Alaphilippe. I mean, w- without a doubt, now, win that, um, that stage... Guys- where he crashed what if, Yates? What if there was like a one-week stage race that was essentially Philippe versus Sagan? Like, oh my god, that would be so good. Top? Would that be incredible or what? <laughs> that would be really good, unless it was in America. And then you guys wouldn't care about it and make fun of me the whole time when yep. I told you every t- every podcast how good of a race it was. That was a good and, addition. Uh, I I will admit that was a really it. good addition. I think a lot of years the race isn't as cool, but that race was cooler that year because you had a guy like Sagan mixing it up with a guy like Alaphilippe, who's a little more of a GC guy, more of a climber. Yeah. You know. If, so if you, if, if our the, listeners um, don't remember, it, it was a tour of California. I think last year, maybe two years ago. Maybe two uh, years ago, yeah. It was an incredible. Find it, search it out. It's probably on YouTube or somewhere. America's greatest stage race. Um, speaking of Alaphilippe, and then I mentioned the Veronk mention, uh, we did get tweeted a couple times of the overhead shot of um, what some people are calling the best road graffiti of the tour. And it was Froome spelled out, uh, you know, anagram style. And it was Floyd Rasmussen, so F and R. <laughs> and then the O's were Basso Enrico, <laughs> the M was Armstrong, and the E was Veron. That's a bit of, bit of um, stretching, but okay. It's a lot. It's a little bit of a. And if you look at, I mean, the you way, could do that you know, with anyone's name. I mean, <laughs> well, but with the typography settings here, like they couldn't fit Rasmussen all the way in, so they just put Rasmu, and then <laughs> mm-hmm. Rico. They only spelled with one C, and then <laughs> was that is that Armstrong, a uh, is that a a, a thing like the u.s government uh rico case against the uh exactly organized crime so so this leads me to believe let's i think us right now on the fly we should redo so if if we were there on the side of the road and we were like okay we're gonna spell froom's name with the six we have a five gallon bucket of paint and some rollers yeah okay and some rollers and we're gonna spell froom down it and we need six quote-unquote dopers to put with with these letters so 
for the F, I can understand Floyd, right? Because that's like it's a classic. Like I understand, I, I agree with Floyd being used for the letter F because it was a former winner of the tour. Um, we're not going to put Fignon on there. No um, way, never cheated, so, never cheated. So the R, um, I think the first R should definitely be Rico, just because. Okay. I agree with the use of Rico because the legend. he was the best doper because it was obvious he was doping and he knew that you knew <laughs> and he still didn't care. So like that that he's on the Mount Rushmore of dopers at the mm. tour, right? And that's what we're pretty much trying to spill out here. So we got that. Now we've got the O's. Now this is a little bit different. I don't know if I agree with uh Basso, which they spelled B A yeah. So is Basso Yeah. Worthy he was gonna dope, but he never out. doped, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, I don't have a good. I mean, there's two O's. I don't have here. a good O like, off my top of my head. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's good. And well, I'm just trying to like spell out some of like the known dopers, you know, or like, you know, or like we could change out, um, like so for the E, Escartin. I wouldn't put Veronque. Uh. I wouldn't put Veronque for the E. I would put Festina. Like just the well, entire Yeah, game. I was gonna say we could do that for the F and we the E could be Escartine. Or was it Escartin who rode for Calme? He rode for Calme. Oh, I don't even Let's remember. Put, oh, what a great He team. got third in the tour once. But anyways, and then M for Armstrong. I, I still think that we can work this out. Maybe we gotta workshop it a little bit. It has to but... be Marco. Marco Pantani? Yeah, that's true. Okay, and then you could and then you can make one of the A one of the O's can be Armstrong, because there's an O in Armstrong. And actually, it's a little bit more even um, typography-wise to have the O for Armstrong. So we're really just looking for one other O. Armstrong again. I think he deserves two. <laughs> I think he's. I think he. I think he. He's worked hard for it. I mean, seven tours and the amount of crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, give, that's let's fair. give him his credit. You know, he's always complaining that people yeah. don't. You know, they they say they're taking away his yellow jerseys and he didn't win the tour. He won this tour <laughs> twice. <laughs> so, um, there you go. That's how we would uh, our bucket of five our five gallon bucket of paint was totally put to good use um, as we start to figure this out. Um, and then going on the tour real quick, another uh, little thing I want to do with you guys is I think we need to uh, start awarding a championship belt when it comes to like the champion of cycling that week or over those events. And it it's someone that owns a, <laughs> owns the belt, right? Like you're the title holder in boxing until someone takes it away from you. You're the champion, the person that so, has captivated the um, and yeah. we got to come to agreement it's here. Great. I, th- okay. I think we should call it the greatest cyclist in the world of the week. No, hmm. no, no, that's no, no. Weird. that's your I feel like I've heard this that is, before. This is our collective segment. Oh, okay. So the championship belt, um, I'm just going to throw a nomination out there okay. and just to just to see how you guys feel on it, right? Just kind of testing the waters. Okay. I would think the champion of cycling right now, the person that's captivated me that that should walk around with a belt, maybe over their shoulder, like uh, like Lesnar is doing on Monday Night Raw tonight, um, and that would be uh, the fourth place finisher mm-hmm. of this year's Tour de France, and that would be Primoz Roglic. And for a variety of reasons. One is he won a stage. Two I think he kind of really burst on the scene this year as a GC threat. Yeah. So, yeah, like the diehard fans kind of know that he's been there and can win the time trials and he's a ski jumper. But this was the year that, I mean, he he excited the race. He made it 
worthwhile to watch kind of to the end. I'm all about if Roglic walked into a bar and he had the Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt around his waist, I'd buy him a beer. All right. Yeah, I'd, I mean, I'll vote with you on that. I think that last mountain stage alone, he earned it with that downhill attack. I mean, I maybe there's someone else like Spencer, maybe Alaphilippe. I don't know. Like, who do you think should be the uh, the champion right now? Uh, I mean, if it's the slow ride awarded belt for based, what are the, what are the criteria? It's sort of based on like performance like, and awesomeness like, and just in, captivating in, in, us. Yeah, like, intangibles like the, that sort of. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like like the three of us are sitting here, like you know, if, until someone comes around and shows me why they're better than. Uh, I think my vote. Roglic right now. My vote would go Pierre Latour because oh. those facial expressions are in- indicative of a but, new generation. Like I need, this. but he didn't win a stage. I don't. Like, care. I guess that's where I- he won a jersey. That's better than a stage. See, but that's when you can do your greatest cyclist of the world of the week. Like right, like you can make Latour your guy. Not well. But I think he's that- not my guy. That's the thing. <laughs> I I I, well, I got a championship it- belt. He's my guy. Yeah. Latour also, wow. I'll give him that's worthy of a credit because one of the stages Alaphilippe won. First thing he did after he finished was come over, give Alaphilippe a handshake, give him a congratulations. See, but that's pure champions class. Don't do that. Champions like, I don't want do a champion do that. that. What are you talking no, about? I don't want. No, I don't <laughs> want a champion that's shaking hands. Like in um, okay, uh, Tyler Dennison, f- a friend of the podcast, tweeted a while back about how Rachel Atherton gets a lot of uh, shtick. Because she doesn't like hang out with the other women that are on the downhill circuit, uh, the mountain bike downhill, because she's competitive and she's like, hey, I'm trying to beat them every week. I'm not trying to be their friends. I don't want the champion to be friends with everybody. It kind of ruins the whole thing. I want the champion to walk in with an air of authority. And I'm pretty sure Primo's Roglic <laughs> can walk in and be like, A, I can now jump yeah. you. And B, I just got fourth in the tour. What did you do, Latour? Like, oh, white jersey while you were still working for Barguil? Ha. <laughs> Well, Bardet, but yeah, I get it. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Th- thanks for the correction. Oh, uh, well, they're all French, so it's it's all in the pronunciation. All right. Well, th- this uh, <laughs> this championship belt is is undetermined right now. We're gonna have to uh, we'll have to wait until one can be unanimously right. um, uh, created, and that's okay because so, that shows the the excitement behind the championship belt. Right? Yeah. Like it, it's it's got to be good enough that we all agree, and we're not in agreement. So um, I, I've. There's I've that. got one award I think we need to give out, which is the Harmar Zubeldia Award for anonymous effort that resulted in a really good result, and it goes to Zacharin. Woo, Zacharin! Congratulations, you did it. You know, top ten. I th- I think that that is a cl- that is a good use of the Harmar Zubeldia Memorial Award. Um, <laughs> yeah, top ten. Thank you for reminding me of that award. It's a uh, he got a solid ninth place, only twelve thirty down, and uh, yeah, and. Looking didn't good. ever Maybe look like back. he Maybe. could do that the whole race and kind of pulled right. it together at the end with a few <laughs> moments on the television screen. That's that's uh, that's good. I like that. That is a, a solid choice. He did. I saw him one stage. Yeah. Uh, he looked like he was going to do well, and then he popped and went backwards. And yeah, and he can't he descend. Still held it out for the Heimar uh, Award, which is great. So we've we're sort of de facto giving uh, Roglic the um, championship belt. We're now. No, it's got to be unanimous. I'll give it to Roglic. I mean, yeah, it's good enough. He he would have been oh, okay. my second choice, so it's like uh, a runoff vote. We'll go okay. to Roglic. Okay, yeah. Um, Two first places in a second. He wins. 
I'll send him an email. Yeah. Let him know that he's got the championship belt. He's got to wear it out in public. And then, now. and then he gets it until someone takes it away from him, huh? So the next exciting, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. And then yeah. the Heimard Zabeldio Memorial Award goes to uh, uh, um, who did you just say? Jesus, Zacharin. Zacharin. Yes. That's uh, okay. that's how good he did at the Heimard Zabeldio right? Award. Is that you couldn't exactly. even remember ninth that place in the tour the spirit. Yeah. And you're just so, like, really? Was he there? I didn't know now, that. Now, so uh, following that up, I will give you guys, because I know you're on the edge of your seats, the greatest cyclist in the world of the week uh, is, of course, the green jersey winner, Peter Sagan, who just yeah. dominated everything, dominated the highlight highlights. It's probably his third or fourth uh, greatest cyclist of the world in the week Yeah. Um, award. And, you know, you, you there's not much you can say. So, to argue it but i know tim is gonna try no i'm not gonna argue i'll just say this is that um thinking of peter sagan is a uh, friend of the podcast jute smeets in our uh, slow ride podcast zone on facebook put up a photo of one of the post-tour crits mm-hmm. and it's sagan looking across eve's lampere at who oh i don't even know who that guy is is that the um who, who is that mountain bike national? Oh, I mean, road bike. Na- I mean, um, cyclocross national champion <laughs> right across from me. Oh, is that Matthew Vanderpool? Uh, I've never even heard of that yeah, guy. Me neither. So they're on the front lines. Do you think Sagan now knows who he is? He actually could have met him. He could have uh, reached across Yves Lampere. Who, who won the race? <laughs> Probably Sagan because it's completely yeah, rigged. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, guys. We got to go to the preem lap. All right. is Matthew Vanderpool and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right. This week in the Prem Lap, we're once again racing for our friends at Grimper Brothers Coffee, who have put together the full Schleck blend of coffee. And you can go to bit.ly slash WAPBeans to order your bag. Now, I'm not the biggest coffee connoisseur, but I have coffee coming my way. When I take that full Schleck blend of coffee um, that I just purchased online and the proceeds go to the Wide Angle Podium Network, what am I going to be like smelling and tasting on this coffee? Like what's the what's the tasting notes? Uh, coffee. It's going to taste okay. like coffee. Grimper Brothers like, makes good coffee. This is not up for debate. This is This is something that is well known across the world is that they source their beans from uh, all kinds of farms all over South America, Central America, um, direct from the farmers so that they're getting a good deal and they roast it on site to order so that uh, you're not just getting some bag off a shelf. Like when you place your order, that that coffee gets put into a roaster and roast for you each week and shipped out. So you're getting the freshest beans to drop in your grinder and uh, and put into your Mr. Coffee machine or your French press or whatever it is you're using doesn't really matter. You're gonna come out with a, a just a stellar cup of coffee. And um, you know if you need advice on that, GrimperBrothers.com, they've got the information there. You can email Dan. He is a huge fan of cycling. Talk to him about the tour. Tell him if you disagree about Peter Sagan being the uh, champion of the week uh, this week or. Just ask him how to how best to uh, use his beans. He's happy to tell you his thoughts on any of those things. 
and and they're fresh roasted. That's that's what kind of got me is that you could put in the order. They actually take your order and then early in the week on Monday and Tuesday they roast it and then they ship it to you on Wednesday. So then you get it by the Saturday um, brunch time. Yep. Yep. Um, Pretty good. Yep. So we got a great uh, uh, light roast, Guatemalan light roast here. I was pushing for Colombian because um, I wanted to make a bunch of Nairo jokes, but uh, we. We settled on the the Guatemalan. It's it's really good. I uh, I I couldn't I couldn't not pick the best flavor uh, based just on a joke. So um, I'm doing it for That's the good. for the fans for your taste buds. Uh, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your your friends who have birthdays coming up, uh, the Christmas season. You know whatever it is. Uh, do yourself a favor. Get some beans for you and your loved ones and. Uh, Support the shows. That's right. And thanks to Grimper Brothers. Go to bit.ly slash WAP Beans to find out more to purchase your own full Schleck blend of coffee. Um, that brings us up to another uh, little announcement here is that we um, will be coming up on our Wide Angle Podium Network donor drive in a uh, few weeks. Mm-hmm. Thank all of our listeners that have uh, supported the network to make it possible because I got to be honest, it costs a lot of money to put up all these podcasts years worth of podcast four years just on our podcast alone yeah. and then you got the consummate mm-hmm. athlete who's probably the most consistent podcast on the network that is putting up episodes every single week sometimes twice a week some great interviews um you've also got crosshairs radio and it's like a rejuvenated crosshairs radio uh-huh. um with uh what bill has been able to put yeah, together they just as of late they just dropped an episode today speaking of matthew vanderpool yeah. so uh yeah that's gonna be some good stuff yeah and Awesome to see. And then also you got Bike Shop CX and a bunch of other network uh, shows, including uh, Laser Radio, The History of American Cycling, uh, or Superstars of American Cycling, other good things all the way across the uh, the network. Right. So the donor drive will be coming up. And remember, when you're a donor, um, you get access to the bonus content. Uh, lots of good stuff on there. So that'll all uh, come to light here in the next couple of weeks. That's, that drive happens in August. I'm just kind of giving you a heads up uh, now. Um, so that uh, that you're aware that we're going to be uh we're going to be talking about that coming forward and we've got some some good new uh, uh swag for uh for donors coming so keep that in mind and uh start uh start saving and a uh, quick announcement that we will be taking next week off it's our own version of the post tour criteriums and uh we'll be relaxing and uh Spencer will be working for me as I dominate victories like Peter Sagan always <laughs> uh coming up yeah and Finally, let's get back to the show. Hi, this is Dan from Nam, Namibia, not Vietnam, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Tim, we get any good emails that are like, really on point with our sort of our, our our just our world like they're they're part of the slow ride world well yeah they are so we've got a bunch of emails right like that we've kind of been working through and the first one i would give a shout out is a longtime listener friend of the podcast kevin dolan who just gave us a, a quick review that he actually emailed to us the slow ride podcast definitely gets five stars i first heard about bike racing when i was in college and on the cross country team Friends told me about this cool sport called cyclocross and that I would love it. They were right. My first love, my first live bike race was watching the U.S. Pro Crit in Baltimore in 1981. Cool. I've been watching and reading about the tour since the mid 80s. 
I learned to love bike racing watching Roubaix and hearing that John Tesh soundtrack on the CBS tape delay so coverage that we all know so well. I saw Theo DeRoy explain the misery and beauty of Paris Roubaix in 85. Still one of the best quotes about cycling. And I have devoured the books about the history of cycling. Many cycling articles seem to be recaps of the races with little fresh perspective. It is nice to have fresh take on cycling. And just like the Slow Ride podcast, this article has a unique take on the tour. The reports about some people who paint over the rude or obscene graffiti on the road and the people of passion for it. It reminds me that cycling fans are not always the jerks with flares or who interfere with the races on the climb. And then it's a, a link to that one, uh, the graffiti um, coverage uh, crew. The Slow Ride Podcast gets five stars. And I want to say thanks to Kevin Dolan of Baltimore for his continued support of the network and that great review. Um, oh, that's nice. I'm a big fan of that John Test soundtrack. So good. It, it's the Mitch, the Mitch Docker podcast <clears throat> soundtrack is just a little bit better from the, uh, the coverage of the... Uh, that the Australians use. I, I wonder if that's like the Australian version of John Tesh, but um, it was a good email to uh, to get. And we love getting those reviews on the Apple iTunes. So just head on over and uh, leave your review and we'll make sure to read it on the air. Thanks for the review. That was a good one. And then um, we got some other uh, good stuff. Uh, Brian Ryberic hits us up with a uh, longtime listener, first time Klein photo sender. And uh, Brian did the disservice to himself of actually sending us a photo of I a know. mantra. A mantra, sorry. Which is... Kind of like the, like, I guess we'll acknowledge it, but we kind of, uh, you know, try to uh, forget. I was really excited when I saw that email. I was super jazzed to click on that link to look at a Klein, and then it was my least favorite Klein. I was so hoping for something else. I mean, I I was hoping for it, and um, there there are a lot of Kleins. Uh, We got some uh, charity ride uh, pictures sent our way um, in the Facebook group of Klein sightings, so make sure you keep... Uh, hashtag inclined corner um, we're trying to work on some things that uh, maybe we can give you a little uh, shout out when you do uh, do a client corner um, and then the a couple other emails Alex Denelcia hit us up about 11 we- uh, days ago hey guys wanted to do my part of the show to the show that gave me the Chick-fil-A with hand warmers idea <laughs> I emailed the move podcast and asked that Lance Armstrong pass on a message to George Hincapi that he needs to go on the slow ride oh, it's just a matter of time now so what I like about this one is Axel um, is trying to get the message to Hincapi, and he's not afraid to tell Hincapi via Lance Armstrong to come on the podcast. It's not like someone that routinely comes on the podcast had a chance to ride next to George Hincapi and give him the invitation we all wanted him to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's happened by now. I can't wait for Abby's next appearance on the show because we have so much to discuss. How was the second ride? Did George remember you? Was George half-wheeling you the whole time? <laughs> I need to know what it's like to ride bikes with mm-hmm. George Hincapie. I bet he doesn't bring water on, on any rides uh, less than 40 miles. You think so? Oh, yeah. No water, no food, yeah. and nobody passes him on the greenway. Do you think Do you think that George goes back to the, like, you think he has people that go and get water for him? Probably. Like, he's you like, think... hey, I was a domestique for years. You're now my domestique. <laughs> he just puts his hand up whenever he gets thirsty. Did you guys see that little uh, gif from the tour of Nibali putting his hand up and Sagan sort of slides up and high fives him? Uh, and high fives oh. him? That may have been that one of the... That, that's Speaking why of reasons why we love Sagan, yeah. Was good. <laughs> so yeah, that, good. That was pretty hilarious. <laughs> I, d- I did enjoy that uh, uh, little guy. Thanks for reminding yeah. me of, uh, of that. 
Um, and then we got a, uh, another good email, um, from Douglas sniper. And this one came in right after the wire when we were recording last week and little guy, you and I read this together at the same time mm-hmm. and it may go down as one of the better emails we've ever gotten. So Spencer, get your thinking cap on. Okay. And, uh, this is going to lead a into real a conversation. thinker gentlemen. The Slow Ride Podcast is a three-headed beast only rivaled by Cerebus, Cerebrus, the Hound of Hades. However, soon one of the heads will display dominance <laughs> over the others in a test of endurance, agility, mental t- toughness, and all-around radness in what is known to mortals as Schwamigan. My question to you is the following. Will out-of-town forum play a factor in deciding the contest? And if so, who stands to benefit this unscientifically proven but yet totally real phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Douglas Evil Niper. This is a great That's question. A really good question. Who of us is going to be coming well, with the ultimate out of town form? Because all three of us technically will be on out of town form mm-hmm. in Schwamigan in a couple in next it's month. It's a real that, thinker. That is part of why Schwamigan is the perfect proving grounds for a battle between the three of us because no one has the home field advantage. Mm-hmm. It's true. True. But does distance so, matter? I mean, if distance matters, then I think Tim was would win. But I don't know. It's, Tim, how, how long was that drive? It has like 27 it's hours. It's pretty far. I think it's farther than okay. Boston. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. So here's the... So let's talk about out of town form. But let, I, think, I think we need to be pretty uh, impartial in our decision here, guys. So... I already have the built-in excuse. I'm going to be using it for the rest of my life. So you guys are already toast there. But I did bring my mountain bike into Chuck at Behind Bars in Northeast Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, Max told me. I, Max told me. I, I was like, hey, Chuck, I, I'm going to drop this bike off, and I'm going to get a rigid fork. So I'm putting a rigid fork on on uh, the Santa Cruz single speed, right? So I'm giving away some tips. But got, apparently, five years ago, my, my fork from five years ago now is out of, like, like it because it doesn't have something called boost i guess sure. like yeah which is another 10 millimeter width yeah so it's a it's the, a 110 millimeter uh through axle uh thing that they have going on now instead of 100 which is old yeah old and worthless yeah so now max at behind bars was telling me that i need to have like some washer adapters that to put on and then when i change the tire i'm gonna have to like find the washer to put back oh on the does max know how he's cursing so, you you're not even gonna be able to show up at the start line okay there's so much here so i'm getting this rigid fork no and i'm not building a new front wheel although i'm thinking about it but that that's that do you know there's also but max there's is also like, boost in the rear tim do you know that and beyond that, there's super boost. Now. Yeah, it's don't even go down that road. <laughs> super don't boost. even go down that road. Well, but here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. I, I, I'm going to be keeping this mountain bike for a while. It's set up single speed. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's a good bike. Sure. Here's the issue. Okay. Um, I asked, so I go into the, the shop and I say, hey, guys, I'm going to go single speed. And they're like, okay, what gearing do you want on it? Right now I've got a 3417. Um, I've got classic two to one on there. Sure. Yeah. For a 29er, but it's a little bit steeper. But so I go in and, I, and I'm like, okay, I want a 3616. And they both look at me and go, Whoa. what? Do you know how big that is? And I said, yes, it's what Marco Lalonde told me I should put my gearing. And then they both say in unison, yeah, but you're not Marco Lalonde. It's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but this is what the Lalondes have used to win Schwamigan in, in single speed. 
like Jesse ran this gear to win. And he's like, well, yeah, he also won the overall on his single speed. He's national caliber mountain bike racer. And I was like, okay, I'll dumb it down. And then another friend of mine who got a top five in Schwamigan in the single speed ran like a little bit smaller gear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said that I was like, okay, what about a 34, 14? And then they're like, no, that's still too big. Like they, they will not put this gearing on my bike. You now neither you owe them. You owe them dinner. <laughs> neither of them have ever done Schwam again. Sure. So, what gearing should I put on my bike, guys? Uh, neither of us have ever I know done. I'm kind Schwamigan. of like I, asking the. I'm going to tell. I'm kind of asking the wolf to watch the yeah. house here by asking I'm, you guys. I'm going to tell you. But... I'm going to tell you the answer, and I should not, but because you're going to be in a single speed, and you're handicapping yourself already by not having any gears i'm not really worried about you beating me so my honest to goodness advice is stick with the 34 in the front and go down one to 16 in the rear to give yourself a little more top end but uh, don't overdo it here's the fear of schwamigan for those that don't know about schwamigan the first five miles is on the road yeah it's fast and we are starting in the very back corral we are we our, our, I think, our charity entry has gotten us to the last row yeah. of Schwamigan. So, and this leads me to the next part. I think it may be fun for us guys if we actually let everybody start way in front of us and then we do a parade down the, mm-hmm. the middle. I don't think we have any street. choice. I mean, I think that's what's going to happen, yeah. <laughs> whether we like so, it or not. Um, so we're starting the back row. So anyways, I'm trying to figure out my gearing, but the bike is in Minneapolis. Uh, for the next month and a half, I won't be riding mountain bikes. I'll be training down which here. Which I th- I found is a funny... Sounds ideal. Um, which yeah. means my out-of-town forum is going to be pretty good. My out-of-town forum is going to be road-based. Yeah. Um, so. I am going to pay okay. Max uh, whatever he wants just to, to make small little strange adjustments to your bike. Saddle, maybe tilt it a little bit up. Uh, seat post, teeny bit lower than usual. Handlebars, just kind of cocked a little bit. Each brake lever, a little bit different angle from the bars, so the reach is different. <laughs> I'm just thinking there could be a whole bunch of funny little things that happen to your bike fit-wise. You get back on it, and you're like, huh, well, I haven't been on it for a month. It'll start feeling natural again. But the funny thing was I wasn't on it for about three months before the one time I rode it at Theo Work yeah. last weekend. So. Spencer, I'm looking good for out of town form. Yeah, you feel you're going to be bringing some out of town form. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am feeling pretty good. I've I've tapered. I've tapered maybe a little early. Um, <laughs> I've been tapering for a while now. Um, oh. Judging by your Strava, you've been tapering for a long time. I'm 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 in full taper right now. I'm resting my way to fitness. Okay. Uh, I think I've put in the base. I've done the work. Uh, I was probably too far. Uh, t- I was too fit. I think is what the problem was. Yeah, that happens um, all the time. I just, yeah, it's just you know, you can just tell when you're too fit. You just know, like you just you know, every every Strava ride is uh, KOMs up and down, and you're like, oh man, I am too. Sometimes you just got to shut it too down. Too fit. I need to pump the brakes. I need to uh, step off the gas just a little bit and. Um, coast my way to victory so that is that is where i'm at uh i feel confident about my out-of-town form i think it is going to be enough uh to get me past uh, a couple of new dads um who haven't been riding <laughs> enough um that could be so that is my main theory that i'm working on mm. um and as far as bike 
you know, I, I hadn't put much thought into it because I was I was sure that we would secure some uh, some super sponsorship, get some get some bikes gifted to us uh, from on high that we could uh, that we could all ride and have matching steeds, so I wouldn't have to worry about uh, setup or anything. Almost um, like Formula Mount, so there'd be no excuse. Exactly, yeah. like really level the playing field. Um, that didn't pan out uh, despite our best efforts. So. Uh, you know, uh, we were looking at, um, you know, raffling those bikes off to charity afterwards and really making a big to do about it. But, uh, as it is, I'll have to race one of my bikes. I think I don't think I'm going to build up a special bike for this at this point. So my choices are full suspension, uh, cross country bike or, um, steel, fully rigid, uh, independent fabrication, um, with, 10 speeds on it currently so well i would totally vote for the um the independent fabrications because it looks way better than a full suspension yeah i do also I mean, i'm going full rigid right like you might as well you don't need full suspension out there. i do also I mean, little guy does i do also but, have the bianchi single speed uh the pus so i could yes i could just dominate you yes in two ways i could beat you in general and then also beat you in the single speed race Dude, bring the pus, please. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that would be awesome. We need a little guy. Set up your mountain bike single speed. No, I know. I don't think that's a good choice for me either. I 40 miles on the mountain bike is already uh, a tall order, uh, I think. So I'm going to I'm gonna need to make it as easy on myself as possible. Uh, I'm leaning independent right now, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, that is uh that is my current strategy all right uh, and then uh yeah. how, how's your out of town foreign coming along well guy? i uh, think you guys are hosed i've done two now i've done two mountain bike races because i did buck hill last week mm. and so i'm training i'm gonna train right so up to the event you- i'm gonna come in hot i'm don't know what bike i'm gonna ride because the only bike i have that's a fully functional mountain bike right now is mcdonough's orbea so I guess I'll just ride that. <laughs> Why not? So you're, so you, guy, you're, if anybody wait, can do a cross bike, your only you? full, your only fully functional mountain bike is someone else's mountain bike. Yeah, but I told him I'm going to buy it from him. I, we just haven't fixed on a price and all that sort of jazz yet. So, um, okay. The the client the client Spencer, works, but the client is my way. the client is my. It's got the kid seat on the front now, and I put some big old cruiser bars on it, so it's become like a cruiser bike. Okay. I think you need to race the Klein, little guy. Like you have a Klein. You're the only one of us with a Klein. Yeah. And if you're not racing, but then that, I gotta like swap out another pair of bars on it and all this. Ugh. Okay, I've got mission control bars here. Do you want me to like just <laughs> ship them up to you? Remember we were building a yeah, bike, yeah. one piece at a time. Is it H- kind of stuff? Is it H- one piece? Eighth and an inch? Or, you in, think I know that or? kind of question? I have no. I clue. didn't know. What, I didn't like, know which ones they were. It's got to be an adapter of some kind to make it work. Well, they oh, made them in that. Good. I just didn't know which ones you had. Um, yeah, I don't know. I might just ride full suspension and just go all modern on you guys. Just cush it up. Do just chill. Think that, I, I think you guys are both underestimating how mountain bikey this event is. It's pretty much a road race. Oh, no, I know. I know that. I, I have, I've been dabbling with the idea of building up a weird KHS cross frame that I have that's basically a mountain bike frame into a total yes, goofball 29er um, like a monster cross drop bar yeah but i think the biggest i could get would be like 1.8s so i don't know if that would be big enough or if i would just be 
for unhappy the, the, the fire roads i think it'd be fine well but i yeah i don't know so am i supposed to stop when you both have flats and i'm passing you so like, or is it okay if i tim this brings up like, an interesting thing i wanted to talk about on the podcast was that Eurobike. I saw a little thing that Hutchinson is coming out with a entire uh, like pressure sensor, so you can have that relayed right to your uh, your computer. You probably get it right up there in your garment, and it can tell you if you have a flat or not. And no longer will you have to come back to me and Spencer during the race <laughs> and say, "Guys, I think I have a flat. I'm going to go to the front and kill it for a little bit." We can just go hey, check your check your sensor, Tim, and you're like, "Oh no, you're right. I still got 40 pounds of pressure." Okay, I just think maybe I should go to the front and just like, no, no, Tim, you still got all your pressure. They finally did it. And it's really small. It's a stocking stuffer. I think it's going to be great for Christmas. So this sensor, little guy, can can I put it on your guys' bike to see when you're having a flat and then I get the the code and it's like, yeah. Spencer's having a flat. Now's the time <laughs> to attack. That, that would be, that could be good. That would be really good. That'd be a good way to do it. Yeah. I like that this uh, new uh, doodad has just come out and we've already figured out ways to use it for nefarious purposes. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's all I do is I look at the, I look at so, the Eurobike thing and I'm like, well, all those disc brake rotors, I'll use those to kill people. And so we got to bring up, um, since Douglas had put up this, um, uh, this email about the out of town forum. In the Slow Ride Podcast Fan Experience Zone, he also created a quiz on the um, the Slow Ride Podcast um, as well. So I think we should do it together live on. Okay, the I haven't right. seen it yet. So, so it's a ten question quiz in the episode. Hey, Mister Sandbagger, don't ride on the sidewalk. Spencer says, "I don't think I could bring myself to ride one, but I really want to." About what brand of bicycle? Cervelo, Montag, Klein, or Brompton? I know the answer to this. I bet it's Brompton. I'm going to say Brompton, too. You guys, is that your final answer? Oh. sure? Sure, I'm going to just go with it, yeah. You buzzing that yeah. one in. Okay, Does Tim, you buzzing that one in? I'm, I'm looking at you right now, trying to like read your tells here. To you're see sure, if I'm, like, you're sure it wasn't a huge gaffe in the past of picking Klein? Oh, my gosh. Really? Oh, it's terrible. I don't know. No. I don't know. I just no, it, little is, guy. is the Montag the is the Montag like the thirty six inch wheel bike around Interbike? Like, do, I remember you kind of saying that you I have, you wanted to ride something ridiculous like that. I don't think so. I think they're just uh, like a. a crazy I'm going to say bike. Brompton. What, okay, what, you're what both you locking got, in. Uh, you're both locking in yep. Brompton. Locking in. Yeah. All right, you guys are both correct. It was a Brompton. Okay. All right. I definitely still kind of want to ride one. Even oh, though they're fun. All right. Second question. In the episode Best Worst Cars to Avoid, oh. what make of automobile should be avoided should be avoided by most cyclists? Oh, well that's easy. Sh- Slam dunk. Chevy? Chevy, Fiat, Ford, or Pontiac. And I will say this. No. Is that he gave it away like he made it too easy. If he would have included Dodge, yeah. And like specifically Dodge Charger or Dodge Ram or anything Dodge, then it could have could have hidden it, but it is clearly the Pontiac, yeah. the worst of all cars. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we've talked about this at length. Like, you, if you ever get honked at 90% of the time, it's going to be a Pontiac. Um, 
The Slow Ride Podcast. What was the Slow Ride Podcast called in the trial episode? Wow. Ah, this is a deep Cast. cut. I don't even know if I remember. What was it? Three three guys in a bike, the dirty drive train, the rusty fork, or the squeaky wheel. Oh, I know. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, give our, we'll give our listeners a second to debate, but uh, I do know this one mostly because I, I have the file on my computer here still. Mm-hmm. Um Tim, do you remember? I- I, I do. I kind of wish it was three guys in a drive train. Like there's, <laughs> there's something about that that, like we we may need to rename the Slow Ride podcast. We'll that. do that movie so, someday. You know, we're hanging out. Somebody leaves a drive train on our door, and then we got to build it up into a bike. Whoa. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, so, the, uh, the, it, the obvious answer, if anyone's gone back to episode one, is the squeaky wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, Unnumbered episode. Until I googled yeah. it and noticed that episode. it was already a bike podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> episode zero wasn't that creative a name uh mm. so it quickly got ditched yeah uh, for the slow ride did the deep research to find out that it already out there in the episode bro race little 500 commuting roller derby vacations wow we did a great job of titling um the podcast back in the day what little 500 squad does tim jinx by selecting to win oh, phi delta theta the cutters dodd house gray goat or phi gamma delta cutters I bet it's cutters. I have no idea. Um, I I guarantee I was not listening to you at all during the recording of that segment. Can you give me those choices one more time? Phi, Delta, Theta. Okay, not that one. The Cutters. No. The Cutters. Dodd's House. Maybe. Grey Goat. No. Or Phil Gamma Delta. (laughs) I'm going to go with the Dodd House. It it was Dodd's House. And... Because I always used to say like, oh, Dodd's house. And then one year, I think they like crashed out right away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the episode, the amateur inhaler edition, uh-huh. what Tucson local scene warrior known for no rear brakes is remembered? <sighs> George Hincappy, the scorpion, the gray wolf or cactus man. <laughs> <laughs> there probably is a cactus man out there somewhere. Uh, I want to be the scorpion. <laughs> I want to be the scorpion too. That'd be a great nickname. I, Man, this is good stuff. But uh, the answer to that one is the Gray Wolf. Yeah. Yes, hundred uh, percent. The legend who uh, passed away, unfortunately. But uh, so many good stories. I'm, I'm glad I got to see him with guy. my with my own two eyes in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Drilled out parts and take off that rear brake because it's only slowing you. He down. was just as amazing um, in real life as the legend foretold. In the episode, we are all messengers again. The first ever listener question is about where to stop. When if you're going, where to stop when if you're going to shave your legs? What is little guy's response? Mid thigh, <laughs> at the top. You don't stop, bro. You don't stop. Or let the forest grow. Old growth provides the most sustainable ecosystem. <laughs> I wish I'd said the last one. But I... <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go with you don't stop, bro. You don't stop. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I bet it's all the way to the top. But currently, I am using the last one in my mountain bike training. <laughs> At the top. Is, uh, is, yeah, that's right. In, uh, in episode one, Spencer's worst of the week is about what artisanal bicycle accessory? The leather banana holder, the bollock protector, the knitted sea warmer, or the wine bottle carrier? Mm-hmm. Wow, this one's way deep. Cut. Yeah, very deep. I remember when we did worst of the week and and best of the week. We might have to bring that those segments back. 
best best corner and worst corner. Yeah, we can bring them back sometimes. It's tough sometimes, okay. though. I gotta say, sometimes yeah. I, all I could do is be negative. <laughs> so, so Spencer, was it the leather banana holder? I feel that that's been around for a little while. Yeah. What do you got, little I guy? guess it was that one. I know we talked about that one, so I don't know if that was the it, first though. That's where we started. It, we started on a high. Yeah, it's definitely not the bollock protector. It was. Like, it was indeed the banana, the leather artisanal banana holder. Um, right. I also like the Brompton. Kind of want one of those. Oh god, but, uh, those things are. Would we'll be so definitely sweet. too embarrassed to actually use it. That's our last question. We're nine for nine, and this one. This one's a little tough. Okay. In the episode Tour de Flanders and Poor Marketing, what arrow helmet does the super rookie call out as the worst? Ooh. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. We're pretty much just canceling any chance that one of these is going to sponsor our podcast. Uh, laser helmets, uh, Juro helmets, the Pock helmet, Specialized, or Belkin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just love everything Belkin. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> you do love everything Belkin, though. You uh, it's a good looking kit. I bet it's Pac. Or it was. I bet it's Pac. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess Pac. Yeah, my gut is telling me Pac. I do not remember. I don't think I would talk trash about Laser because they're on the network. So the Jiro Arrow helmet had the visor, though. That's where I'm like, the Jiro, you could buy with the visor. But I'll go with you guys. I'm going to say the Pac. And uh, wrong answer. Oh, no. <laughs> it, the, it had it to be the special. It was the specialized. Oh, okay. I don't even remember Ooh, what those look like. like. Spencer, can you go fix that one in post? Um, I don't remember uh, saying that. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go back and edit. What was the Belkin? I'm gonna go back and edit that episode as well, so no one will ever know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, um, seven out of eight. Uh, well, there you there you have it. We'd like to thank uh, that's, thanks that's, uh, for that participating. That pretty much tracks for this podcast. I would say, you know, um, like about ninety percent correct. And with that, I think that we need to do the final thing on the agenda is we need to give a shout out to the folks that played in their Velo Games League that unfortunately we couldn't go through with all the way, but it's still up on GitHub. And that, of course, is the Slow Ride Podcast Long Viva La Tour. And we'd like to thank whoever put that together, the big yellow French race. And here it is. In first place was Bring On the Cobbles, Tim Proctor. Good job. Um, who had who had Garrett Thomas. He actually did the no frum rule here. So he had Perfect. Garrett Tabas, Julian Alaphilippe, Posa Vivo, who was his low Posa Vivo, Daniel Martin, Demare, Philip Jaber, GVA, Lillian Calmajan, and then Peter Sagan. So Crushed that him. was one heck of a um uh, a pick. Uh, it should be noted that uh Garrett Thomas only had about 150 more points than Peter Sagan. Um second was juiced about two thousand points down. Uh, by Spielberg. And then third was too poor to sign bling. (laughs) And he wanted uh, bling Martin. So well, I will say that the top three all went no from rule. So congratulations, Sam. Thank you for uh, continuing the, uh, the fun full metal racket in fourth place. And then on the wide angle podium, let's give it up for pandemonium. Amanda Nauman's team. Nice. Great to see Amanda with a solid squad. Also following the uh, no from rule. And I'm happy to report that she had Alejandro Valverde <laughs> on the team. <laughs> um, Fagazi still $5. John sent him in sixth place. Uh, one of our uh, loyal fans and uh, listeners and supporters of the network. Um, in last place, um, not me. It was I'm really phoning this one in, Justin. Sure were. Uh, and uh, 
let's see, the Capital City Meets was 194th out of 203. Uh, little guy, you were de facto last place. And Spencer yep. Howe, equal payouts now presented by live streaming, was 38th place. Um, good work there. Pretty good. And last but not least, 16th place was Team Lobsters by Adam Eastwood. Um, so good to see as well. So we had a bunch of really good. Uh, uh, team names in there you know the the schrodinger's uh, cat three elites was a uh, a favorite of <laughs> rivera bikes through it um another uh good one nice. uh, yeah. iron chef minneapolis uh, had a good blast for the past it was the bike com dot com dot com dot org uh team name so like that was great to see yeah um but yeah so Overall, I'm gonna I'm gonna weed through some of our favorite uh, team names on here, and maybe we can pick one of these because I do have this extra Banjo Brothers um, prize pack from the Jira. Okay. Yeah, that um, we need to get out. So you know, maybe we could pick the best team name and announce on uh, the next podcast in a couple weeks. I like that. That <laughs> sounds good. good. General Landa Calrissian. <laughs> that's good. That's pretty good. Ooh, that was from Satchel. Nice Satchel. Um. Well, dudes. I think with that, we have completed yet another episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. We'd like to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the, of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Mm-hmm. We'd also like to thank Grimper Brothers Coffee for partnering with the Wide Angle Podium to create the full Schleck blend. You can go to bit.ly slash WAPBeans to order and find out more. We'd also like to thank those that have emailed us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com and left, left reviews on Apple's iTunes. Uh, BK1 of Rhyme Stars Entertainment provided the music. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in Minneapolis. This is Spencer in Boston, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. We talked about G so little for the fact that he won the good tour. <laughs>